when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, January 11th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 370. I'm your host, Austin Walker, and today I am joined by Gita Jackson. Hello. Patrick Klepek. Write it on your heart that every day is the best day in the year. Okay. <laughs> Ralph is that the quote Baldo today? Emerson. Okay, yeah, all right. And Ricardo Contreras, who probably doesn't have a special Waldo Emerson quote. No. <laughs> now that's what we're bringing to the table today. Wal- is that your fave, fave quote. Was that Walden? Where's... No. Shit. Was Who's it? That? Maybe it was. <laughs> oh, you were, I, thought, I thought you were asking if that quote was, Said... from, was from Walden. Yes. No? No. No, no, no. Henry no, no, Thoreau. No, 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 no. Shit. Henry, Fuck. Yeah, Waldo the threw me off. Emerson. I should know. Yeah, My mom made me walk around that entire goddamn pond as a child. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I got that burned into my brain. Did you have any sort of transcendental experiences? Any, any no. connections with nature? Did the self fall away? No? I was 14. I was just like, Mom, can we go home? Sure. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. How's everyone doing today? How is everyone's weekend? Does everyone feel all right going into this week? Do you think the, this week's going to be a nightmare? The Bears lost a playoff game. Feels normal. Feels... I felt... Not, I turned it off. I like... Well, I, I, wow. It was, it was like midway through the third quarter, and my daughter was like... Could we? She gives no shits about the Nickelodeon slime cannons, as great as as great Damn. as those were. You could, for people who yeah. aren't aware, you could watch the Bears Saints playoff game on Nickelodeon, commented by uh, children and one, um, I think, ex NFL player. And when uh-huh. they would when they would score a touchdown, which the Bears did not do until the final second of the game, so they did get slimed as as the game finished. But uh, slime cannons went off in. They should do more stuff like that. I, that it was neat. Um, that, that's what I have to say about really the Bears losing by twenty plus points. Is that the slime cannons were neat? So <laughs> yeah, well, the best thing Nickelodeon ever did, I think, was try to make a version of adult culture that made like for children that made children feel respected and like their interests were like were like okay. It was okay to be a child and into sports, not something for for grown up people. Like remember Nick News when you were a child. Mm-hmm. Where they would just like literally explain like current world events. I, the first time I learned about sanctions were from Nick News. That's why I remember. <laughs> oh wow, Nick News! I've not thought. I've not. My brain just like yeah, just like did a thing. This is the part Nick of the brain News. activated. Yeah, it's With not sure the, what it's remembering. It just knows there's there's something that'll unlock like 20 minutes from now when <laughs> when that part of my Linda brain. Linda Ellerby, right? Linda Ellerby. That's that's oh, yeah, the Linda name Ellerby. that comes to mind, and I don't know. I, I'm so sure Linda Ellerby was someone before that to people who were not seven or whatever. <laughs> but to me, I was like, yeah, the Nick News lady. Uh huh. Nick News in uh, Channel One. Mm-hmm. That's the, that was like mm-hmm. big for me in middle school. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I remember those two things. Yeah, well, you know, Patrick, I'm sorry the Bears lost. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, is, I'm not. Okay, nope, you're, you're going to fire people. To be out. I'm pumped about it. Uh, okay. uh, I also believe, uh, to, to put a pin on it, is that uh, Mr. Bisky are, it seems like a very nice uh, boy, but just dog shit bad quarterback. Um, <laughs> it, he got, somehow the he got the uh, N, NDP, the, the Nick like valuable he like got an award they gave him an award he got voted by the audience despite being quite clearly the worst player on the field um and it's not like oh like the best chicago bear because he's the quarterback and like the player that the kids see the most often no like the they gave him an award that's so funny someone added it to his wikipedia page already Uh, a shout out really quick speaking of football to my dad who's uh, cleveland browns (laughs) Browns. a long long and difficult road to this i turned that game on uh like 10 minutes in i was like what the fuck (laughs) uh i like opened the timeline on a whim and it just was everyone everyone was just posting oh my god <laughs> and then I realized that football chaos must be occurring yeah, it's like, occur. well like given the last week like could, uh, the timeline going oh my god yes. could unfortunately mean yeah. a lot of a lot of things and yeah. this time it was a sporting <laughs> event so thank goodness for that <laughs> 28 points in the first quarter which I want to say ties for the most uh Postseason, uh, wild, or, or maybe it's the most. I, th- most I think it was. I think it was postseason or, or or even like a regular season game. To I think they may have tied the amount of other points in a first quarter. Period. It's incredible. Um, yeah, twenty eight points in the first quarter is is absurd. And then still managed to make you sweat it in yes. like the third. Like I kept wanting to turn the game off and like just texted my I went to family from from that area and I was like, you did it. Now you just get to like I don't know, drink for three quarters. Like, like nope. what do you do? Um, and nope. then I check over and it's like mm, they're pulling within ten points. And uh, <laughs> please don't do this. My heartbreak. I, I, I gave yeah. up on the Bears. But now I am uh, a, a uh, now I am a Browns fan, and this would break my heart if they somehow managed to lose. Yet it would be incredibly appropriate for the franchise to to have done exactly that. After 2020, I feel like we all deserve for the Browns to win the Super Bowl because they're such a big underdog. Like like go be go be Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be in the Super Bowl nine thousand more times. Yeah. So you know what? Uh-huh. Just if they can they can beat him next week, that would be. I mean, to be fair though, I mean, that yes. was their Super Bowl. Their Super Bowl yeah. was yeah. Right. same with the Bears were, in were the, always yes. bad. If you just beat the the Packers, it's like great. We won the Super Bowl this year despite the fact that we are terrible. Um, the, the Browns beating the Steelers and and really like potentially sending. Like you know, uh, incredibly accused uh, sexual assaulter to retirement. Yep. Um, uh-huh. That's great. Ben Roethlisberger. Uh huh. Um, anyway, that's that's football weekend. We're not out of football, football weekend. <laughs> uh, what else? Anyone else up to anything? Anyone play anything? Anyone want to talk about a game? Anyone want to? What's going on out there? <clears throat> well, I played. I played a yeah. game. A game I didn't enjoy. Oh. But a game I thought was interesting. Oh. I'm on a journey. Uh, we, we, right some of now. us have played. <laughs> some of us have played Reigns, right? Yeah, yeah, that game where it's like Tinder. That game yeah. where it's like Tinder, <laughs> and it's like it's like uh... you're a medieval king, and you've got a deck of cards, and like they have to make choices, and you make those choices by swiping one direction or the other way. Yeah. And there's like a fun meta narrative where it's like, oh, you retain your consciousness between each like lifetime, and you're trying to see how long your king. Can live. It's like it's cute. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, they made a new one of those. Okay. Are you a? Yeah, they made a bunch still. of those, right? Like we should be like they made like a Game of Thrones one. Yeah, they've like, made, a, they've made a, a number yeah. of these games after Reigns was like kind of like 
like a surprise hit. And that was like not a game that you would have thought yeah. is going to become like a franchise. As far as I know, it, there's like a couple of branded ones, including Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. And then there's Reigns and an official Reigns sequel. Her Majesty um, was the sequel, I think right? Game- I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Her Majesty and the Game of Thrones one I know had Lee Alexander okay. on writing for them. And I checked this new one and I didn't see her name. Um, and this is the one called Reigns Beyond. It's out on Apple Arcade, which is maybe why nobody yeah, knows this exists. Sure. Um, and I, this is one is set in space, and I think that they've absolutely found the hard limit of what this game engine oh. can do, baby, because <laughs> it doesn't really work at all. Okay, so like it's it's interesting though, because like the Reigns experience is so stratified it's like it plays in this very particular way you have like four resources you can um need to organize and like each decision will change like how much of that resource you have it's very 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 standard yeah like the way that reigns works play one reigns game is that like you have a score for like faith military money and like the people how much the people like you and if any of those things gets to zero or too high i would say it was like 20 then you fail and so it's like this this game of like making binary choices to try to try to keep those things in balance while also setting up plot events so that you can kind of go down different plot routes um and that's hard to do because those plot routes can really jack up your score in one direction or another one when you start to like you know, talk to a demon or uh, try to help too many people because they're starving. And then suddenly the people realize that, that you know, they have all the power, not you, and you're not a fucking king anymore or whatever. So, like, I don't even know how to begin to translate that into what looks like a Star Trek situation. Yeah, it's the Star Trek. The fact that it feels like Star Trek is like the first sign where I feel like they didn't actually know what like outer space pastiche they wanted to fall into, right? Mm-hmm. Because Reigns already before they did the Brandon Game of Thrones like like version of the game, it already felt like it was drawing specifically on Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. where you are a king making choices about their kingdom, and that's such a defined setup. That everything else about the game feels designed to fit within those parameters. Now, here in a spaceship, so what happens is you're the captain of a spaceship, mm-hmm. and when you are doing the card flipping thing, that's when you're commanding the ship, when you're flying from location to location. And you have to control like the oxygen, the hull, the mood of the people on board, and the power. And like again, like immediately because those resources aren't as varied or like metaphysical as the ones in the original reigns, it feels like some of these choices are like very, 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 very arbitrary. You know, like uh, you know, in the original reigns, sometimes you get choices like, oh, women want to wear like mini skirts, but that's going to make the church upset. And you find interesting ways for each resources to be affected by another one. Here, it just really feels like the game is just making shit up because it's forced into this form that it cannot necessarily sustain. Uh, and this is like even more defined when you realize that the entirety of the game in the original range is flipping those cards. Like, that's all of the game that you play. Here, that's still true, except now you... Well, no, it's not actually still true. Now you're in a rock band and you do rhythm uh, oh, game sections. What? <laughs> I thought you... Yeah, man, (laughs) it doesn't work out in the way, like the first time you do it, it's thrilling. You're like, wow, I didn't realize that, like the the visual effect that they have, the uh, the sort of 
the frame of the car expands and suddenly you have this guitar. But the thing is, I play phone games while me and David are watching TV, so it was on mute. Mm. So I don't know what that song sounds like, <laughs> and I doubt I ever will. <laughs> I like too. It's just like that's. I mean, what's the? How do you? What's the? Rhythm mechanic. Like, are you tapping? Are you... It's just, you're just, like, putting your finger on a screen and you have to, like, catch notes okay. as uh, on a track. It's, like, not very involved, so it doesn't feel very significant. I I would get, you know, 100% perfects on songs after the first time I played mm -hmm. them, and I just felt like, okay, this feels like a weird throwaway now. Um, but also, like, most of the game uh, is not, in fact focused on you making those binary choices that made the gameplay so interesting because sometimes you would be forced to make a choice you didn't like because otherwise everything would collapse. Mm -hmm. You were only in that ship when you're flying from planet to planet. And you eventually, you will have to like land at, on planets. And then like the, the card flipping mechanic, it doesn't really work anymore. Like, cause you have to go to different locations and so it just becomes like a normal ass game. And it's just like, I don't know why if you wanted to make this game, you used this particular, like this form, this these formal qualities, these mechanics that had worked so well for a, such a defined thing. Right. Like it's, it's, it feels uh, very undercooked. It also was buggy, like yeah. weirdly buggy. For a game where you're just flipping cards, but I, I like man, so many I, weird questions about how this thing works, which is like, yeah, what, please, lay what, on me. Okay, so you you still have those four scores, the the like you said, hole yeah. and oxygen and morale and fuel. Does it still is there still a fail state if you get those maxed out, or do those just cap in this versus in there? There is, um, but what happens is much, much, much less satisfying. Okay. Is that it, there's a, the fiction in the original reigns is that you die and then you are rejoining a new king right. as they've ascended to the throne, you yeah, know? totally. But you're like an immortal spirit just, tied to your bloodline yeah. or some, something like that. Yeah. It has like a very mystical vibe and it makes it each death feel very significant, mm -hmm. even if, you know, you just, uh, you know, you made two choices and you got eaten by lions or whatever. Um <clears throat> Here you're just a clone, ah. and the game will just set you back at the beginning of the space flight trip at the last planet you are on. And so there's no meta narrative there, and it feels very much like a, huh. a very, all those deaths feel very meaningless. Well, and that and also like, shifts the type of game it is in a real way, right? Because then now it's not, and, and yeah. maybe, maybe um, Her Majesty did this, or the Game of Thrones one did this, and I just didn't play those. I only played the first one. Um, but th that means that like you're always making forward progress. I mean, you were all you were always sort of making yeah. forward progress in that game in the meta narrative. But like you started each run over. It was still a run based game in a yeah. real way. Whereas this yeah. does not sound like that. And like good on them for wanting to branch out and try to do a more traditional, like uh, you know whatever uh, like adventure game or, or or visual novel style thing. But like that's that's a surprise. That's a pretty big change for sure. Yeah, um, and I think um, Reigns and most card game, like deck of card game based games, they really fit like mechanically and formally in a game that is run based, mm -hmm. right? Because deck of cards are random. There's all these things we do with decks, decks of cards that we shuffle them. We create new opportunities by putting new cards right. next to each other. And here, it's just, okay, you see the same prompts over and over and over, and then you just figure out how to, how to game them and like how to win. 
So if you and like that is so much less. It, if yeah. you die, if you leave a planet and then you die three things ahead, then you start the planet over. Are you getting the same events as you leave that planet again? Like, is it? No, those are still okay. random. But you're now you're doing those events so often right. that you it doesn't. Like, I felt like with Reigns, because you could at least feel like, oh, this king has a different personality than the one before. You could, if you saw events over again, you would feel like you would have an opportunity to approach them differently. Mm-hmm. Here, it feels like there's now, like, a very binary wrong and right answer, because you have a specific goal of at least getting to the next planet. So you end up just doing whatever is the most mercenary thing to do, mm-hmm. and you get a lot less of the interesting fiction of finding out new plot lines and like there are some secrets in this game i got one of the endings um but it doesn't it feels so more goal much more goal oriented that, i mean i guess that's how the difference between some people use tinder and some other people use yeah. Tinder, right some people go to tinder are very goal oriented they're like i want to have sex today and other people use tinder and they're like i just want to see what the people mm-hmm. are like <laughs> and i've always been one of yeah, the latter yeah. but it it feels uh like a a pretty rote and simple game now instead of an expansive and limitless one and it really just has to do with the framing which is really it's interesting because uh, it's essentially the same game mm-hmm. but the these very minor changes have made me like it a lot less and you would think that you would think that going to space and and the kind of openness of science fiction would make it feel in fact less limited in some ways and, and more out there and, and open up the possibility space mm-hmm. more. But to hear that it's it's restrictive is a bummer for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'll probably pick it up again when it's like I, I got an ending and I really felt I've got my fill of this, yeah. which is not how I felt with the original Reigns. Original Reigns just was fun to keep going and see what else you could yeah. find here. I feel like even if I haven't found everything, I know what the game can do, and I'm done with it. Yeah, if, if it was not on Apple Arcade, I would consider it, but I'm not going to pick up Apple Arcade just for this, <laughs> at this point, honestly. Fair enough. You know, sorry to mm, Apple Arcade. I don't blame you. Yeah. I, I literally have it just because I keep forgetting to cancel it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of science you know, science fiction, narrative, deep dives, Patrick, I've, I've seen you tweeting about... Yeah. About Yakis uh, Rim, about Yakisoba, yeah, Yakisoba Pond, Yakisoba yeah. I love Yakisoba. I don't know what that is, but there's a character in this game that. Oh you shit! Not, yeah, have you not had the scene that where they explain what Yakisoba Pond is? Uh maybe I did. Like I played like a couple hours of this to begin with, and then Hold picked on. it up for real um, uh-huh. th- this week. So maybe I missed that part. I don't know. Yakisoba Pond. Hmm. Is that a question? What is that? <laughs> It's yakisoba it's in yakisoba a hot dog bread, bun. Right? Yeah, in, in, in pan. Yeah, in in a, in a bun. Yeah. Oh. Uh huh. Mm. And it's, mm. it's it is one of the mm. one of the favorite foods of a character in Aegis Rim Thirteen Sentinels or Thirteen Sentinels Aegis Rim. I think that's. I always right. get this name backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thirteen Sentinels Aegis Rim. So a major Rim. plot point of this game is a fucking spaghetti sandwich. Is what you're fucking telling me. <laughs> yeah, she looks good though. Look it up. That shit looks all right. <laughs> It does sound amazing. And, and, and you know, and the, and the art in this game is tremendous. So it's, you know, even in its, you know, 2D uh, hand-drawn form is, you know, I don't know how misrepresentative or, or representative of the real life uh, sandwich it is. But, um, you know, the, the character's enthusiasm for it is infectious and makes me want to is this real? seek this out. This what? is real. The sandwich? Well, yeah. well yes, the, the real. real as in, like, other people do it and not this is a weird quirk of this character. 
No, it's <laughs> no, specifically it's, it's specifically as a character who show who is blown away by it because where he's from doesn't have it. I see, but originally, this, that's right? A, I, okay, I'm not gonna like dance or like like okay, like if you don't want to know anything about the promise of like 13 Sentinels, this game like, has been out for months and months now. Yeah, yeah. skip ahead. Um, but like yeah, like a, a, a lot of the game involves uh, some forms of like uh, like they call it time shifting, Amazing. but where you you know you have characters that are were you know living in the 40s and then suddenly find themselves in the 80s or you know vice versa. Um, and so like you know you'll have them experiencing things they couldn't have experienced because they'd either be old or dead. And um, so that becomes part of the part of the, like the, you know, the arcs of the various characters is them finding themselves in, in different timelines and, and having to, to, to mess with it. Um, yeah. So like there, there's two things that I think are interesting about this game. One is the way I'm playing it. And then two is the game itself. Uh, mm-hmm. The way I'm playing it is uh, like, I mean, it's gorgeous. I bet it looks amazing on a big TV. I played like the first hour of it when I was trying, when I was putting together a feature last year. Um, it was, who is, is Austin just pasting these? That's no, not me. Is just pasting <laughs> these sandwiches. Just so we all have, I want to Yeah, no, it's into it. Like, it could be anyone. It could be any one of you clowns uh, just pasting is that sandwiches. Pickled, is that some pickled <laughs> radish on top? Mm. It looks oh, yeah. like it. That's pickled radish Hell on top. Yeah. It looks delicious. It does look that. It does like you know maybe put like some marinara on there like a meatball? Oh I just like no, meatball sandwiches. no, it's going the wrong way. Though. Meatball sandwich, meatball sandwich is good, but um, yeah, uh, it's a different thing. And uh, so then I, I, you know, January the you know two years ago when we had like Yakuza and Gravity Rush, like there was a lot of stuff to play in in January and February. Like it's uh, there's not a whole lot coming out in the next couple months. I know Hitman's coming, but like it's it's pretty light uh, uh, compared to to years past, and so. Uh, like last year I played Outer Wilds and I played Disco Elysium. I was like, all right, what's the game I'm going to play in January that I really should have gotten around to mm-hmm. and didn't. And, uh, you know, I don't play a ton of visual novels, but I have a real soft spot for like 999 and Danganronpa. And a lot of people have been saying like, hey, like, especially if you liked like 999 and that series that like you should, you know, play 13 Sentinels. So I was like, all right, um, but like I don't at the end of the day when I've like worked, washed my kids, like I don't really want to like go into my cold office, even though like the 4K TV is in is in there. Um and then if I'm gonna be at the TV upstairs, uh my you know, my wife is often watching something or wants to watch something with me on there. It's like, all right, so how the fuck am I gonna play 13 Sentinels? And mm-hmm. so um I had realized for a while, some months back, this a company makes a device called Backbone, which is this is not unique, but this is like a one that people really like. It's basically a controller attachment for uh, an iPhone. And so you, uh, you like, uh, kind of like pull it out, you slide it into that little, you know, connector lightning port. Um, and then it's got, um, you know, an equivalent of a, a decent Xbox or PlayStation controller, like good feeling buttons, decent feeling analog sticks. Um, and what's unique about backbone is that it has its own app. So you, you, you connect this controller in, there's a little uh, button that, uh, that glows in the corner that says like, yeah, yo, the controller has power. You press that and it automatically jumps to the backbone app and it pulls in any games that you have downloaded that have controller support. Um, it automatically pulls in the like Xbox and PlayStation remote play apps. And so it's like, I just hit that button. It loads into the backbone app at the remote play thing is there. I hit, I, you know, hit uh, a to confirm. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm connecting to my PS five downstairs sitting on my uh, couch. And I have like this, like gore, like, you know, and the iPhone screens are like, you know, incredible these days. So it's not as big as a switch, but I mean, like they're beautiful screens to look at. And so I've got, 
um, you know, fucking 13 Sentinels, like running like <laughs> totally fine on my couch. I can connect my AirPods and listen, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's awesome. Like it's, it's super, there's not a world where I would have put eight hours into this game in the last week, if not the like exact setup of being able to like remote play it to my phone, have like a decent controller and like be able to sit on my couch and, and, and spend time with it. Um, my d- wife is like deeply unsure what's going on over on, on, <laughs> on the couch. She's like, what? She just hears anime voices like blaring out of my phone. Um, <laughs> um, which to my wife is, uh, an immediate reason to question anything that's happening uh-huh. um, in another part of the house. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I know that some people, uh, there's one that razor makes that I, I, I should have pulled up the razor Keshi or something like that um but anyway like i mean this sounds incredible this sounds like it's gonna solve a lot of issues for me personally it's <laughs> so yeah i, think I can't that, wait I, to check this out the i think the backbone is a little a little pricey there are like different options you can go in this route but like the backbone is like a really high quality controller it's got its own dedicated app it just makes like the the the, the experience like very i just take the cover off but it doesn't fit with the cover on my phone so i have to take that you know that thing off so I take that off, slide it in. It just works seamlessly. Like it's, 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 you know, it's, it's just a really, I will end up playing. It's like exciting. Cause there are games that like, I probably don't play cause I can't fit them into my life. And if it's like, I can fit in 13 Sentinels, there are other games I can probably fit in. Like some games you want out in the big TV and, you know, experience the spectacle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, 13 Sentinels has gorgeous art that would look even more gorgeous on a bigger TV, but like, it's fine. Like I'm okay with it. Um, and I don't have my PS5 connected through, ethernet so sometimes the connection gets a little wonky so i'm gonna have to like fix that um and 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 run a wire down here so i can do that but for friends who have gotten like their connection setups ideal um they're like i had a friend who played like majority of demon souls on this and he said it was like totally fine and like workable and the connection was pretty good i guess on android there are other remote play apps that people have made that like you have like better customization settings over like quality and stuff like Sony gives you absolutely nothing. Like you, you can go in it's like, turn remote play on, turn it off. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's like yeah. really frustrating because like on steam link, um, and I've messed with so many of these things in my house because I'm always trying to find ways where it's like, I've got 20 minutes. Like how could I just play a game instead of like having to be in my ideal office, uh, setup? Um, like steam, Link, you can do like bandwidth priority. So it's like, Hey, when the steam link is on, like, uh, like whatever my kid is watching, like on the TV around the corner, like, you know, you can lower the quality. She's not going to notice if that's going to be an issue. Um, cause <laughs> yeah. that's what I want is like, I, I would love to be able like to, to like tell the PlayStation five. It's like, Hey, when you are triggered for remote play, like, like you are the prime, like that means like all you should get bandwidth priority on the network so that like you are getting like everything, um, they haven't done any of that in like the eight years they've had that device. So, or the role play. So I don't think they're going to do it now, but that's me shouting into the void that I wish, uh, there were some more options there. Um, because like the time I've spent with 30 Sentinels is, uh, I, I love it. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, yeah, How I far already, in are you now? I'm eight hours. I made it past the prologue. And so now okay. like the game is kind of opened up, um, yeah. uh, for me yeah. to explain, uh, to explain That's the about game, where I am are... also just just so we're, we are about the same place in, in terms of okay. stuff so um, we can talk about it. Yeah, like the general setup of the game, like it, it really is a game that if, this, if it sounds remotely interesting, j- just go play it because like a lot of the introductions of a lot of what's happening in the premise is like fun to experience uh, on its own. Um, so again, even if you've made it this far and you think, All right, I'm going to now I'm going to download and play it like I don't want to spoil I'm going to spoil this right here, but I don't want to spoil it for um 
Uh, other people want to give them fair warning, so skip ahead a minute or two. But like, you know, like the game opens with like a, you know, this, you know, Japanese student, you know, high school, like very common premise for a lot of these games. But there's no inkling of like sci-fi stuff. It's just he's in high school. He loves watching like some X-Files equivalent. He's just a nerd that likes watching. Uh, I like in this world uh, uh, or timeline, I don't know, like UFO Wars is clearly just Star Wars, um, but they call it other things. Yeah. The game has a very... Uh, uh, sort of like plays a lot of uh, uh, fun with pop culture uh, that way. But anyway, like that's your introduction is like kids swapping VHS tapes in um, in high school and they go outside and they're getting ready to, I don't know, go hang out after school. And um, I don't know, some weird sort of like one of the characters starts feeling weird and they look over and and they appear to have summoned a mech into the city. <laughs> just summon like, and it's clear it was their actions. Like they were thinking about a mech and a mech appeared and there's just mm-hmm. off in the distance like, yo, that's a fucking mech. Um, that's weird. Uh, and uh, it only sort of like, you know, sort of escalates from there in in, in different ways. So it's a, it's a really fun setup. Um, they start slow, but the characters, I think, are like really interesting and endearing and both well-written and, and well-voice acted in the, in the English voice acting, which I've stuck with um, at least so far. Like I haven't found it to be, um, you know, often, you know, sometimes this time, I mean, it's come a long way, but like sometimes yeah. it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know what? I don't know, you know, like I'm just gonna switch to the Japanese and, and just move on. But like, I've actually liked a lot of the character um, voice acting in this game. So I've, I've kept that on and I like all the characters in the world. And once you get past this prologue, uh, you start opening up and this is where like the 999 part started like kind of tingling, which is you can open up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you'll get to a car- like there's like a, a carousel of characters and it's like, hey, you can start picking up some of these different characters, play a little chunk of their story, and you'll hit sort of like a to be continued part. Um, but if you hit uh, square, you can bring up essentially like their timeline. And it's like there are the, here are the branching paths. Like you, when you hit this section of the story and you can like jump around to the parts that you want to, to, to be at, there are three different things that could occur here. So mm-hmm. it's like you'll do one that seems the most like obvious, like the one that the game is guiding you to. And then it's like, all right, we'll now jump back and see if you can somehow get a different event to occur. And so it becomes kind of a puzzle game, adventure game. And then tied on top of that is a there's a strategy layer. So um, in a different version of the, you know, in some other part of the timeline, there are these mechs that are fighting these creatures. And so in between story sections, you are doing this, this strategy layer, which is like a, it's like a really basic tower defense game that looks extremely pretty. Um, I, I've actually just set that combat to easy because I really don't have any interest in. Yeah, uh, I've thought in, about in, it. And <laughs> engaging with it. From what, so what I, I asked this to, to Twitter was like, so in the prologue, you can't lose like it's it's meant to sort of like just push you along. And then once you get out of the prologue, you start you get into fights where you get graded. And if you get S ranks on those fights, you get they were called mystery points. And then if you get mystery points, you can use that to unlock different pieces of lore. And so like everything I heard about this game is the reason to play it is the story. And then the strategy part isn't bad, but it's it's sort of just it's fine. And like the story is really the reason you want to be there. And that the combat is kind of a pushover. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that aren't even big strategy folks said they were basically S-ranking without much effort. Totally. But like for me, it's like kind of sounds like if I could just hit like skip on the combat, I would and just get back to the to the story bits. I mean, story stuff happens in the combat, but it just seems like on the priority of what you're getting out of this game, 
it is really the character interactions and the different timelines and, and, and the different story things that can break down. So the, when you get out of the prologue, the game's like, what do you want to do? You want to set this to easy? It's like, I'm just embracing this. I'm just going to easy. I'm just, I just want to steamroll through this combat stuff. Um, and so that's where I've landed right now on, on, on the game. I'm, I have a lot of options on the story and then eventually yeah, it like it really caps opens up. It like it really, really opens, opens up, up yeah. post prologue to where you're like, okay, I could pull on any of these threads. Which of these characters is my favorite? Who do I want to see? Who do I think is going to give me something that might connect back to a different character's arc and give me different options? That stuff is all really cool. It's really nonlinear, sure. which like fits within yeah. like the sci-fi premise, but then also allows you, like you said, to like uh, I just really like this character. Like I want to go see what they do next. And even though I have like ninety different routes I could be doing with different characters, like mm-hmm. I want to try and figure out what is this third route that I'm not. I can't quite figure out. Do I need to come back with different, like, I don't know exactly how all the mechanics like tie or don't tie into each other, but, um, you know, I'm kind of piecing that together as, as, as I go along, but, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, uh, I've heard as enjoyable as like, even just the like high concept premise is at the, at this, uh, juncture, I've heard that it has like really like how it starts explaining things is like, profoundly satisfying mm-hmm. um so if I'm, I'm liking it this much already i'm i'm excited to see where the story goes from here you're gonna end up being the person who probably pulls me through this because it, <laughs> is, it has been so hard for me to find the the time and energy to sit down and like commit myself to it i finally said i just have to do it like it's not a yeah, game i can like no. pick at and just yeah. one there's so much happening in the story that um and because it's non-linear you can often go, you could spend 90 minutes with a character who at this point does not feel lar- like connected at all to what's going on or you'll do a, um, you know, do one character story bit. And then like the conclusion of that is like, uh, j- jump a hundred years into the, into the future. And like some weird context of these characters that doesn't make any sense. <sighs> and so I, I, I need to keep the, I need to keep the momentum going and try and keep all these story bits in my head so that I don't always have to be like referencing a Wikipedia or, or something like that. I'm sure that I will come to that point to just keep, track of like all of the character names which is like currently my issue mm. is like you're just meeting so many different people and yeah I, I can't keep track of everyone uh, at the same time which is why like i try and exhaust a single route is like do everything i can with this one character to kind of like cement who they are and like w- what their motivations are and what their situations are um but yeah like i just needed to if i'm gonna do this it was either i do 13 sentinels this month or I'm never going to do it. And yeah. so <laughs> I wanted to do it. I, 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 yeah. It's like a game I looked at and I was like, the way everyone's talking about this, I know I'm going to love it. Like, I know I'm really going to enjoy this game. And I play like one or two of these every couple of years. And like, I, I always really enjoy it. Um, and this one specifically because it's feeling very much like um, 999, um, which is not just a, like a good visual novel, like probably one of my favorite games and, I didn't like any of the sequels all that much, but that first game was really special. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of a lot of those special vibes from from this, so I'm excited to to, to play more. It's not short either. I like it was like all right, if I'm committing, it's how long to beat was like main route, 31 hours. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. And then it was like completionist. It's like 33 hours. Like it's not that much different. Yeah, like, I guess like, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You sort of see everything except for like these extra like lore bits um, that you can get by getting the mystery points. And I just, I'm not going to play it again. So it's like, put it on easy. Let me see everything and like Blow do it all it. at, at yeah. once. Um, and, and you can also change it in real time. So like if I actually find that it's like f- 
it's hurting my enjoyment for it to be easy as it is. You just go into the menu and, and flick it back over up. to, yeah, to, that to makes sense. like it doesn't it doesn't lock you into a, a difficulty is route, it um, mm-hmm. that way. Is it fully is it fully voiced or just like the like uh, there's a you know couple no words. it's full, no, fully it's fully, fully voiced. voiced. Does it have an yeah, English the, track? Like dialogue, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everything, everything is fully voiced, including like the game's sort of like neat, um, sort of like dialogue tree system. So like the way it works in Thirteen Sentinels is you will. You will. T- you have something called the thought cloud, and so when you talk to someone and they say something noteworthy, it gets added to your thought cloud. And so you hit triangle, and you have like, you know, UFO wars or like uh, last night, like j- like just different little like um, turns of phrase or titles of things that are related to something that uh, that character is keeping track of. And so even in those menus where you, you there are like two options, you can uh, you can just have the character elaborate on something that's in the thought cloud. Or kind of like the light puzzle element. I mean, it's really just a visual novel. Like, there's really the puzzle stuff is like really light. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 like the most of it is like you uh, look in the thought cloud. You'll highlight one of the the uh, the options, and it will like connect it to the character you're sitting in front of. Um, uh, and all that stuff is is fully voiced, and um, I, I have found to be really really effective and, and charming um, so far. So yeah, that's like not a not a, not an issue. Um, in in the game but yeah 13 sentinels really really fucking good and it only feels like it's getting its legs under me um at the moment so i'm i am really excited to see where some of the kind of wtf moments like connect back i'm sure it'll all make you know perfect sense in 20 <laughs> hours in later, 30 hours yeah or whatever yeah, 30 yeah. and 30 hours but it also even though it, uh it's long um and i want to try and play it like as my primary game for like the next two weeks uh you know, it is digestible. Like the little bits are short. You know, you if you want to sit down, and that's also what's allowed me to do the eight hours. Is like, all right, uh, like this this week, my daughter somehow finally like kind of like got herself in the circle of neighborhood kids that play like five houses down that she's been desperate to be friends with, but hasn't found a way to like sync up with them. And she did, and so I, I had moments this weekend where like one kid was sleeping and the other kid was like playing in the snow, and it's like, oh, I don't know what to do with. I should do a chore or something. I get, <laughs> I could sit down and just like relax for 15 minutes. And like I did like a short, you know, segment um for a character and like that was that was cool. So you can you can kind of do it's a long game but there are like kind of digestible levels that you can do even if you don't have, you know, 3 hours to to sit down uh, with the game. Totally. All right, let's take a quick break. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, we are back. 
Kato, I also saw that you uh, were, were doing some sci-fi gaming stuff this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you'd returned to the world of Star Wars, colon, Jedi, colon, Fallen Order. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of those colons actually exist. Which is great. Is that not true? I'm pretty Wait, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when like official you mean, like, on the art. Well, on the art, but also I think when you look it up, does it have it included oh, in the name? It's only the one. It's only after Jedi. It's Star, Star Wars, Wars Jedi, Jedi colon Fallen Order. Order. Yeah, there we go. Colon okay. Fallen Order. Yeah. 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 Um, I kind of bounced off this game when it originally came out. Um, because I was. Not super fresh off of, but still like semi fresh off of Sekiro, um, mm-hmm. and I think I put a lot of expectations and muscle memory from Sekiro into Fallen Order, and just kind of like it didn't feel right. Like it's a, they're very differently paced, honestly. Um, but um, I've been having a bit of like uh, like over the break, I was just like um, having a bit of a Star Wars moment. I got because I picked up that miniatures game. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. was uh, uh, just like considered like you know what I should give that game a try now that I have a little bit of extra time and some people back into Star Wars because of the Mandalorian Kato uh-huh. back uh-huh. into Star Wars because of this <laughs> miniature game I just mean like more widely than just the Mandalorian I definitely I watched yes. that last season like yeah obviously uh, but still um, I was just like. Let me check this out. I wonder what, like, given that I haven't played, I mean, I did play Demon Souls recently, but like, I had it's been long enough that I think maybe the Sekiro muscle memory's gone. Um, and it turns out that I think uh, that game has, um, like, I, I'm enjoying it. I kind of understand what's happening with the mechanics now and like why I was fucking up, but it feels like a lot of the animations, uh, there's flourishes that don't always read as like you're stuck in this animation because it's like lightsaber uh-huh. fighting you know uh where like i assume my hit is done but it isn't and i try to like block or like i the 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 way that my brain connects like okay the hit has gone through and like i should be done i should be able to block and oftentimes there's like an extra flourish at the end of that that is meant to mm-hmm. make that attack last longer meant to make it more dangerous to do but it doesn't it like i don't know what it is about it that never read to me and so um i've finally been getting in tune kind of with what the actual length of attacks are and i'm having a much uh, better time sure. understanding and i've also found out that it's um i feel like in demon souls and sekiro depending on like the type of enemy you can often kind of strike first and stagger uh, smaller enemies a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And this game definitely plays or feels like it plays like less of a strike first sort of thing uh, with most enemies. It's more like you're waiting for a first attack to come in and then parry and react um, almost mm-hmm. always. Where like because I play like dex builds in Dark Souls and obviously Sekiro is just kind of like a Dark Souls game, but a dex build the whole, all, the whole way through. Uh, I usually on like, you know, like the like mobs or whatever would try to strike first. Cause I know I could like power through small ones as long as there isn't another one coming up behind me or whatever. Right. Um, right. And so that's, you, you can't really do that as much in, um, in fallen order. And, like kind of realizing that internalizing that's just like just wait just be patient it's definitely a much Mm -hmm. more like 
more patient than I I, I usually play these games. Um, so I'm I'm clicking with it. I got through a fight and uh, it took me a fucking while. Uh, it's a boss where you're fighting another. Uh, um, Is that the one or, in the in the jungle area or yes. whatever? The um, Kashyyyk. Yeah. yeah, that's a Kashyyyk. really another cool, like a really cool like area. Is it? Did you do the part where you're up like really high? Um, yeah, have you cleared the jungle at this point yes i believe so okay yes there was a there's a, there was a, very there's a big alien it was really, uh, it was really beautiful. animal yeah that helped out yeah yeah you're the, in that spot yeah that's probably probably my favorite location in the game like even like just aesthetically like it's just a really gorgeous spot and that that, yeah, that yeah, fight yeah. you're talking about is is really fun um it took me a while but it was one of those like Dark Souls boss took me a while where like I'm I feel like I'm learning things as I continue on where when I had first picked up the game, like the first kind of bumps I like ran into very much felt like something wasn't clicking. But still, mm-hmm. I af- like um, finally like I, I recorded I recorded it and put it on uh, on the Internet because like watching it back, it looks like a fucking amazing lightsaber fight, right? Like when it one that the on the run that I got through, obviously, like it's almost like uh almost like a choreographed thing, which is really like it like looking re- watching back is really awesome, and it looks almost um it like makes it look elf- effortless, but it, there was so much time put into it, um, uh, where just like the anime like it's another thing about like just learning the animations in this game there's some that read as um attack when there aren't but i think that's kind of part and parcel with lightsaber duels right there are flourishes that are almost meant to be feints and things like that and i think that's actually like re kind of realizing that clicked in my brain it's like oh when i'm doing this fight um that's part of it is understanding what what lightsaber swings from both me and the enemy are flourish and faints versus actual right. like actually coming towards me um and yeah. like that when once that really clicked it, like you know watching that fight back i'm like shit this looks like a like a like a fight from the movies honestly like they did a really good job about um making all those flourishes and stuff like look right and it was really fun in the moment uh learning what the like different patterns were and um yeah it ended up like really clicking and i'm like you know, making my way through, um, having some fucking trouble in Dathomir because they switch things up now. But you know, are you back? Yeah, you're back in Dathomir now for the second time. Yeah. Well, I guess. Or I guess right. That's the thing, right? I, <laughs> I think I went to Dathomir way too early in Same. that game and did a lot of that area and then hit a, a hard. Did you get the thing? Like, block. Did you get the thing early? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh huh. Yeah. I got that um, thing early. Then, I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> this. Yeah, and then and then, but then you just can't progress further. Right, right. There's a hard block, right? which yeah. this this game does often. Right, it's the like kind of Metroid, like the Metroid style. Like you need an upgrade yeah. to get through this door situation. Um, which Except is part like the worst map ever made in a video game. Oh, it's so oh my god, that map in this game. <laughs> that is map sucks. Atrocious. It's so bad. really. It's been- Minutes yeah. at a time, this is funny. just rotating the map to try to figure out what is on one level and what is on oh another level. Oh my god! I think navigating through the map, like if you were looking for something far away, sucks. But honestly, the map has saved me a couple times where I like looking at the scenery. I'm like, I'm not exactly sure what the next path is, and I open it. And it's 
there's that little orange spot or whatever where it's like it, you haven't mm-hmm. explored in this direction and that that, part that fine. bit of it's, the it's map like the, is very like helpful. The, it's a it's a metroid game in which like the completionist part is like deeply frustrating right, i mean you know we right, did we right. did all this when the game came out but like <laughs> it's like a, it's lack of like you know real concrete like fast travel to to, to a lot of areas yeah. where like there i remember there's an area in the in, the, in like the uh, the winter you know the the, the Not, yeah, there's where, two ice levels, but the the ice level that goes deep, um, they're both. It goes deep underground. It like goes deep like under. It's like a, it's a it's an imperial facility that goes deep underground right. on an ice level. Basically. And I remember I was like I was Just, enjoying Fallen Order yeah. enough that I was like I, I, I would like to sweep through and try and collect collect everything. Uh-huh. It seems like reasonable to accomplish and like not like a, a huge burden. And I want to spend more time in this world. And it was just like okay, so I can't fast travel to that area. It's going to quite. <laughs> li- it would take me. Between figuring out the map or like following a video, it take me like half an hour to get there. No, like <laughs> just like let it go yeah. and just move on. That's the kind of stuff that I'm right. so curious where they put the emphasis on in 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 the sequel. Like which like which levers of that game they pull in different directions because it's a it's a game that like I've thought less of less of the the more distance I've had from it. Even though I really enjoyed my time with it when it was out, but I am like really. I think it's a game that like could take a huge leap in totally a, a sequel, like right. perhaps investing in a charismatic character um, that wow. has any like interesting attributes, like <laughs> whatsoever. There are interesting characters in that game. You there you are one on your crew towards the end of that game. You're like, where was this character the whole fucking time? Um, uh, Please so, just f- find just, some excuse yeah. to sideline him and make him a side character, or, or let Please. me play as two Jedi Please. or something. Just don't bring I'm him back. <laughs> he's very he's very dry. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let, let us know when you wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, will do. Yeah, the, I definitely am not. I'm already like noticing like where like a little bit like oh, there's a when I get an upgrade, I could technically come back here, and then like making the way back to the ship every time has always been like a yeah. I'm never going back there. I'm not no, no. Yeah. You're gonna get a poncho. You're gonna get a poncho. Right. right. That's get, the like, other thing. That's different... the other thing. Yeah. Like like there's very few. Um, like solid upgrade like there are technically upgrades you can find in like mm-hmm. hidden places but it all it does feel like they've purposefully put those not that far out of the way like the sort of thing yeah. you're gonna have to backtrack for is mostly like co- cosmetic stuff for your poncho your bd bd1 colors your ship colors and uh you know lightsaber parts which are cool but i don't know that i want to like spend 20 minutes backtracking through a level that uh, just to get those, but yeah. Um, okay, we should maybe take a dip in the question bucket because it's been forever since we have, and people have been sending stuff in, and because I haven't played anything, and that's on me. That's not true. I probably like played something, but nothing worth <laughs> talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't even talk about like the seventy minutes I put into Darkest Dungeon last week. I don't have anything new to say about a game that's been out <laughs> in some form or another since 2014. Do you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> um, so if you have questions, you can send them to gaming at device.com. Make sure to use the subject question, otherwise it gets lost in junk mail that comes into that address at this point. Um, this first one is a uh, uh, not a correction, really, but eh, a little bit of a correction. But maybe a clarification to something we asked last time. So uh, that Monster Hunter Rise demo came out, and Kato was surprised that there were non-wyvern monsters in Monster Hunter. And right. Chris clarifies why we might think that, which is uh, by saying, 
This will be pedantic, but hopefully not annoying. In the last episode, Kato mentioned all the classifications in Monster Hunter being ex-wyvern, bird wyvern, flying wyvern, etc. And this is partially true, but something that makes Monster Hunter as a franchise stand out to me is the level of detail the devs go to to make sure that the skeletal that the skeleton structures for each animal are grouped in a proper taxonomical structure. There are bird wyverns, which are largely the smaller Velociraptor-esque animals that have bone structures that birds evolved from. The flying wyverns are expected to be traditional uh, dragons, but not all of them are. Kezu Diablos uh, Gravios are flying wyverns that don't make up that don't make use of their wing bone structure to actually fly, at least in sustained uh, or in flights. The other wyvern <laughs> classifications are Piscine, Brute, Fanged, and Snake. Not in World, but coming back in Rise are the Neo Terror. The Neo, I think, Terrans, which are well worth a look at because they have some wild and diverse monsters in the class, even if there aren't many yet. In the same vein are the are the crabs, which are the Carapaceons. Okay, yeah. yeah, sure. Something not in the world and coming back are Leviathans, which sit on four legs close to the ground, but the skeletal structure uh, never played nice with the terrain in the world, so they had to get, get sidelined, unfortunately. Fanged Beasts and Elder Dragons are the final classes that aren't Wyverns. Fanged Beasts... Uh, being the bear Arzeros that you can find wandering around early in the demo in Rise, and a few others with that exact skeleton and a smattering of monkeys. Um, uh, that was a lot deeper of a dive than I intended in the email, uh, so sorry for that. I personally think that it's an incredibly uh, attention to detail by the Monster Hunter team to think of a monster and then actually consider its taxonomy, to consider how it would be built physically and, and uh, ecologically in the setting. And it doesn't matter one iota when you're playing the game. Uh, <laughs> to give this email a point beyond slight pedantry, what are some of your favorite incredibly small details in games? I, you know, I feel like you gave us what we needed, Chris. I think I think answering <laughs> that question for us helps a lot. Did, did either of you end up playing that demo? Um, I know you, both of y'all have been Monster Hunter people before. No, uh, yeah, I kind of. You know, like I'm it. not asking you because I, you've never told me you've liked or been interested in trying to learn a Monster Hunter. Otherwise, I would have included you in the Monster Hunter Rise question. <laughs> um, no, I, I haven't played it yet. I mean, uh, when is it? It does. It, it probably turns off at some point, right? Yeah, um, I think it's like early February, if I'm remembering um, correctly. Yeah, I should, I should, I should, I should. I don't know. I, I have a. It's so close that it's one of the things where, like, I'm more interested in just, like, watching the reactions or as uh, Dawson, I think you and I uh, said privately, was like, let's just keep watching people make these video- these weapon videos so that yeah. you and I can watch these weapon videos and then <laughs> figure out which direction we go in when the, the game uh, comes out in, 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 in March. So I- I'm really excited to play it. I, yeah. I you know, kind of had forgotten when Kato pointed out how cl- close it was, I was like, it's oh, there. that's a 2021 game and thought, yeah. oh, like May, June, you know, that felt summerish. So the fact that it's March is, um, is cool and, and yeah. exciting. Totally. I played, I played the demo. I, and, um, it's, it was fun jumping back into, uh, charge blade. Cause I haven't in a moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like charge blade. Um, I think in general, there's, uh, you know, muscle memory is an amazing thing, but something about Charge Blade yeah. is always like each, it was very funny. Each time I f- encountered the monster, I feel like I remembered another mechanic for Charge Blade. <laughs> it was like learning a bike, but falling down lot. like three times and then like yeah. finally at the end getting it. Yeah. Um, I still love it though. Like now, now yeah. that I've, I feel like I've gotten back into it, the, the amount of things is actually definitely why I ended up kind of sitting there just like the decision tree becoming ever more expanding as to like where you're uh, putting your power to like get maximized DPS is that's just like hits the right areas of my brain. So totally, um, totally. 
yeah, I think the 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 new uh, movement mechanics are really nice. Being able to kind of just zip around or zip away when you need to with the the wire bugs was was neat. Going to be uh, hard to remember to do that because it's not you know baked in yet to my brain. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> took some took some hits where I could have escaped, but uh, I'm interested in in yeah when that full game I'm- comes out. I'm now like, do I want to play that when it launches or wait for the PC release? Because that's coming later this year also. And wait, a PC I should just release? play this. Yeah, there's a it was PC part, release. It was part coming. of the Capcom hack was that yeah. it was it was listed as coming. Uh-huh. Coming. Shit. I'm not gonna be able to wait. And also Yeah, like, you're probably right. It looks and it looks it looks it looks like good. gorgeous. Um, it looks really um, like it, it's <laughs> it's clear they like does it's not, you know, if they were to have ported right. Monster Hunter World to the Switch, there would have been compromises made where it's you know, it would have looked all right. Um mm-hmm. but uh that's that that is a game you know, engineered for consoles. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that it'll look gorgeous on switch. And then, you know, who, who knows? Like, man, switch pro like that, you know, that could happen. <laughs> like, you know, would it My be shocking? Is, would it yeah. be shocking if like uh-huh. they tied like a big release, like monster hunter, like to a new machine. It was ooh, like, yo, you want that, ooh. you know, 4k or, you know, whatever, like a, that, I, that would not, I, that, that would not shock me whatsoever. Yeah. If, mm. if that happened sometime in mm. March or April. So you might get your, <laughs> You're in between, um, if we get lucky. Um, we, a couple of months ago, last month, Gita and I asked the world a question, which was, why do you romance Blackwall in Dragon Age Inquisition? <laughs> oh, my God. And we got a lot of responses, but I'm only going to read one. Thank you to everyone who wrote in uh, their, their various endorsements. We got some fan art. Um, we, we got a lot. This is the one that I'm going to read. This one comes in from Sputnik, uh, who writes, um, uh, here's my take. I was at a wedding sometime around 2015, 2016, and ended up talking to another guest about Dragon Age Inquisition. She asked who I'd romance, and when I said Blackwall, she immediately replied, who hurt you? I asked her who she'd romance, and she said Solus twice. So I asked, who hurt oh my you? God. The groom <laughs> asked what you? was... <laughs> the groom asked uh, what was going on and who these characters were. And the simplest way I could think uh, to explain it was something like Solus is who you romance if you want a man to tell you you're not good enough for him. Blackwall is who you romance if you want a man to tell you he's not good enough for you. Blackwall's appeal, I think, lies in the tragedy of his story. His relationship with the Inquisitor shows uh, shows him that he cannot outrun his guilt. Power over his false, uh, or sorry, power over his fate is ultimately in your hands, which is a very potent romance trope. And if you want a sad or at least bittersweet arc for your Inquisitor, he's your guy. Uh, his outsider slash criminal background also makes him a especially good match for a dwarf or Quinari character who have more limited romance options. Uh, and he's generally a pretty down-to-earth guy who wants to help the common people when he's not busy angsting about his terrible past. In the fandom, we used to call him the Trash Bear. He's big, hairy, and you find him in the woods, and he's garbage. I love him. <laughs> Thank you for all you do. We look for the podcast every week. Thank you, Sputnik. That's a good answer. I, I, re- I retract my, my anti-Blackwall sentiment. We got enough enough people <laughs> writing in, explaining why they love him so much. I, I, I think I get it now a little bit more. Um, we also got this one in from Shana, who says uh, the sub the subject line is Blackwall is a big sub and I love it. If you flirt <laughs> with Blackwall and are mean to him in your first interaction at Haven, you get approval from him. That's all. Thanks. Okay. Shana. Yeah, I understand this. This makes <laughs> sense to me. This, this now it all adds up. Uh. It all adds up. Um. We I got I was I was gonna wait for Rob to be here, but I kind of feel like maybe we shouldn't. 
Um, oh, this one comes wow. in from from. I Aaron. always I always will encourage that course of action. Okay, so good. continue. So I was playing Pokemon Fire Red for the first time since I was a child, and early in my Pokemon adventure, I ran into an intriguing trainer, a certain mountain man by the name of Hiker Knob. If you Google the big guy, you'll see that he's got this certain aesthetic in the face area. My first thought when I encountered this man was, is that Rob Zachney? So let me, let's get an image here. Oh my God. Uh, I would love to see an image. Oh I would love God. to see an image. No, I know like a sandwich so with um, the ones. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, that's Rob ah. Zachney. That's Rob Zachney. Is that Rob Zachney? Is he on a 10 mile walk at three in the afternoon? Is that Rob Zachney? Uh-huh. That's Rob Zachney. When Rob sure. talks about how he goes for walks, yeah. Um, this is uh, pretty close to what I actually imagine. Like he's got the a walking back. stick. He doesn't need it, but like it's yeah. part of the aesthetic. And yeah. uh, so Rob brings it anyway. Um, is the sinister grin part of the part of what you imagine as well? <laughs> yeah. Well, he talks about going on walks like late at night, you know. So you know, maybe yeah, he's doing that to not. scare some you know strange characters off. I, you know, yeah. Rob is. <laughs> Rob's just going a couple of blocks to go a mile, and you know you got to make sure that you're uh, prepared. We should know we are really looking at cursed golem. (laughs) (laughs) To to make sure no one mugs you. (laughs) (laughs) We are specifically looking at the fire red leaf green version of this hiker character. There's a bunch of other ones. I'm not saying Rob is not like these other ones, but. Yeah, there's overlap to some degree, but especially this one from Fire Red, Leaf Green, the discerning eyes, the specific facial hair construction. Yeah, it's Rob. Hundred percent. That's Rob's acne. Hundred percent. Yeah, there's they, been they hikers. Rob royalties. There's been hikers since the the original Red and Blue. So specifically, Fire Red, Leaf Green is the mm, one. Mm-hmm. also this one Generation Four though. Also, is pretty good. The, you, this you is hold on, yeah, post. hold on. I'm getting. I'm getting there. It's okay, got a con- con- contemplative Rob. Oh, oh this is, a yeah. cont- this is Rob when you ask him about the mentalist. Yeah. He's thinking <laughs> through something. So what I want to, what I like, so this version of Rob is Rob, what he thinks he is when he's out. And then the uh. original Rob who's scowling at you is who Rob is when right. he's actually out. So we're just seeing the, the, the difference between the The first one is Rob. Two. The second oh. one is Rob the before of the Busset Challenge, and the second one is oh Rob my God. after. Shut up. <laughs> Sad. Incredible. All right. Um, that's for us. That's for us. Uh, Waz writes in and says, asks, uh, what is your favorite internet-created fiction? I recently discovered Mystery Flesh Pit National Park and have spent over an hour reading up on what can only be described as well made B as a well made B movie tier background body horror as a landscape. Uh, the person behind it even had a, had a large detailed cutaway diagram made like you would find in the DK series of educational books. That's a nightmare. I'm going to link this. This oh, is Jesus. this is truly <laughs> some scary. I don't want to go to the Mystery Flesh Pit National Park. <laughs> I've been thinking oh, about great. this specific oh. kind of thing so much. I have several answers for this question. If the this WPA style on this poster is so good. It's pretty good. <laughs> hey, re- hey, Remedy. Uh, oh my God, yeah. yeah right? Need someone for control? Oh. Uh, the WWE control. right here. Remedy Honestly. literally is hiring a writer and they should look out to this. <laughs> Not that I looked at. Who's oh my God, there's so many. This page keeps going. 
Yeah, this is really Vita, good. if you are oh. listening right now, go to <laughs> mysteryfleshplit.tumblr.com. <laughs> Um, oh. I would love a control level that takes place out in a wow. national park. That's creepy. Wouldn't that be great? National parks are so great. Oh, the COVID relief bill added a new national park. Anyway. Sick. <laughs> this nice. nice. Um, Breaking sorry. news disaster at Living National Park. Restraints fail as massive underground creature swallows hundreds of parkour restraints. <laughs> <laughs> David and I have been watching oh, these documentaries on Disney Plus about the national parks. And there's one. Okay. So the one that is uh it alludes to the ongoing climate problems the most is the one about the Everglades because they keep talking about all the <sighs> boa constrictors that have been released into the park that are just breeding with each other at a rate that is unstoppable and oh killing God. everything else in the Everglades. Jesus. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's there is dangerous. a huge there's a massive snake problem in the Everglades. This reminds me of that because like apparently all scientists that talk about conservation in the Everglades are like, we literally don't know how to stop <laughs> these snakes There's from taking over everything. Yeah. God, I'm just going to read the question part of this presumably fictional question and answer. While the park was still open, has anyone ever tried to eat the parts of the mystery flesh creature? I know they drink the fluid stuff, but what about the mm. meat parts? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know they drink the fluid stuff. It <laughs> just says a whole lot to me. <laughs> Obviously, they. Uh, everyone yeah. knows that. Okay. But. So over Halloween, so my answer for <laughs> what is like this out in the world that I really, really like is actually uh, Michael Lutz wrote this incredibly mm. funny and very, very good series of scary Halloween stories that take place in two rival like Midwestern towns. That uh, and the one I really really like is called Unwinder, and because it's written in the style of like a Yelp review, so if you look <laughs> from the if you read it from the bottom up, you get everything that happens in sequence, and but if you read it from the top down, you just get uh, increased like you do you see everything like sorted by by like how it would look on a page on the internet, and it's like a very very good way of revealing a mystery using the internet as a form. Uh, and also, it's very, very funny because it's all about hedge mages and people that are reviewing hedge mazes that are eating people. Uh, <laughs> like that. It's like, extremely good. Yeah. And um, Dulcinea House, has everyone heard of that? No. It's a series of like, um, it's a series of like scary, uh, creepypasta, like short stories, but Part of it also takes place in like live journal comments and a series of interconnected live journals. And it's all about this house that eat pe- eats people like um, like a dulcinea flower or um, yeah. any of the, uh, you know, the, the the carnivore flowers that exist, like pitcher plants and all that stuff. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like an also ran house of leaves. Michael Lutz also <laughs> described house of leaves as the first creepypasta. So I feel I, like it I, all fits yeah. in. I think that that's that was an interesting aside. I'm mad. I'm mad on the most recent game study study buddies. Michael Lutz talked about like gestured at his reading of House of Leaves and then didn't give it, and that's unconscionable. If you say you have a specific idiosyncratic read on like that style of of crossover kind of horror fiction, I need to know. I because like that was one of those books that like dominated like high school conversations and early college conversations because everyone had an opinion about it, whether they liked it or not. Um, uh, I badly, I badly wish um, uh, that Michael had, had shared that. Uh, anyone else yeah. have any like internet fiction thing that means a lot to them or that they liked a lot? 
Yeah, I can't really come. I mean, the, but I mean, so I don't much have, dominated like, my college era, and it's just like I can't, I can't so just cl- pull a lot of stuff. The closest I can come to, which is sort of a cop out, though, is uh, some of you know the Blair Witch Project is probably my favorite horror film of all time. It's like the one I you know still think about and messes me up if I like spend too much. It's deeply contributed to my like never wanting to go camping um so you know we'll have to see what my, where my kids go in that direction if i'm forced to confront my fears but uh like the Blair Witch project essentially by accident like invented like a lot of like like the modern sort of like arg and mm-hmm. uh like sort of like a tangential web marketing where um when the Blair Witch project came out like you know part of the whole pitch of that you know which seems quaint now but like wasn't when that movie came out was like oh it's real like they found these tapes and uh uh, it's real, and they they made a full on documentary that aired on Sci Fi along with it. They made elaborate websites that filled out all sorts of you know background information about um like the history of the Blair Witch and and like that part of the country. And um like I was like so far into it to the point where like I you know at the age I was at like was semi convinced that like yeah maybe like and you know it doesn't make sense that like they would just like let you pay money to go watch like these kids probably die in the woods, but man, look like, look at all this shit they made for it. And, um, you know, I was like, you know, in middle school at the time. So like, I was like at the age where like that stuff could, um, especially when it wasn't like so far, like had been done a million times. It was clearly just part of like the marketing playbook. Um, so I, I have watched that documentary on sci-fi. It's like on the Blu-ray and I think it's on YouTube too. Um, it's really well put together. Um, and like that, that was, like probably the closest that I've come to like going down that kind of rabbit holes, like really just getting deep into the the lore and fiction of, of all that and how it extended onto the to the internet itself. Um, I have like a few answers, but really it's it's sort of like two category answers. One is um is like the sort of limited run webcomic that I have forgotten most of at this point. Uh, of which there were a bunch where it was like, oh, yeah, I was really into that one cyberpunk webcomic, not like an ongoing webcomic, like a webcomic that's like released on the web for a year and then it wraps. Um, and so like that's that's like a type of thing. And the one that comes to mind that I do know the title of, ironically, is called Sintitulo, which which means without title, um, <laughs> which is kind of this Lynchian thing that I recently bought on in hardcover because it was eventually released as like a thing you could buy. But like, it's completely gone from the internet at this point. It doesn't like you. I don't think you can find it. Maybe you can archive.org your way through it. Um, you know, whatever way back machine your way through it. But but um, I remember really loving it and it really shaping some some aesthetic sense stuff. You know, it was very much pulling again on some David Lynch, you know, uh, particular versions of, of um, you know, horror, anxiety, you know, the, the real world broken just a little bit. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is a, is a particular type of Let's Play that I think has not fully disappeared, but been overshadowed by the video Let's Play. Um, and that's text-based Let's Plays, like mm-hmm. the Dwarf Fortress Boat Murdered um, playthrough, um, which was a... a kind of community driven um uh something awful let's play of dwarf fortress where everyone got a year to play i think it was a year uh, of of game time not real time of game time to play and then had to hand the save off to someone else and the other the next person picked it up and would go from there um uh the other big one that's and both of these are on the let's play archive which is lparchive.org 
um, is the thing that got me into um, uh, why am I blanking on the name of this game that I absolutely adore? Oh, this is this is very bad. Uh, oh no! Uh, Six Ages is like the 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 um, spiritual successor slash sequel to it. Um, uh, King of Dragon Pass. There's a King of Dragon Pass Let's Play uh, on on LP Archive um, by Mystic Mongol that is extremely good or was extremely good. Now, here's the other thing. It's like I'm talking about this stuff as if I've read it recently. I have not read this stuff in a <laughs> decade plus. Who knows if it's fucking terrible or gross or whatever, right? Um, mm. But the King of Dragon Pass uh, let's play the text-based let's play for it was like 506 updates long right and so it's like literally the sort of thing where you could just settle in you got depression you got a blanket let's go <laughs> i'm gonna hit next page i'm gonna read about Been there yeah, done I'm that gonna, i'm gonna just read about what is going on and and for people who don't know how how these kind of text-based let's plays went especially for something like king of dragon pass there was a lot of like okay what should we do you know um mm -hmm. and the the form would be voting on what action to do and so you get this sort of like you would get the sense not only of what the um what the uh, events were of the game, but also the sense of like what the form like culture was and what people wanted on top of that, there'd be fan art that you'd be able to look at. I was not even on something awful. I was just like reading their LP form basically because mm -hmm. of being a fucking nerd. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, like that's, that was, a, that was definitely a big part of, of web-based narratives because, because so much of being a text-based LP meant bringing some, bringing your own stuff to it. I think it's especially true for all the Dwarf Fortress, um, the Dwarf Fortress, uh, uh, Let's Plays, uh, which, which all have, uh, all generate a lot of creativity, um, based on, um, uh, like the, what, what the, how the events are interpreted or, or translated into, uh, and it's new things. Um, Bra uh, Brave Mule, which is a friend of the site, Kevin Snow's like company name is is uh, if you go to bravemule.com, uh, you can also pick up or, or read uh, Matul Remit, which is another uh, Dwarf Fortress um, Let's Play story that includes a bunch of really sick fan art all the way through <laughs> it. Um, and and like is it's a really fun way to 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 read or get into something like Dwarf Fortress without actually playing Dwarf Fortress. So those are those are my recommendations. Kato? I mean... Yeah, what's it going to be? You're gonna, you just got to have to say I, it, right? I have to say the... Yeah, it's Homestuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I mean... Which is... I haven't even finished Homestuck, you know? There was a, a time Wait, where really? the, yeah, there was a time. I thought you had finished it. Had no, you not finished it? There's like the last, I, I believe essentially I'm missing the last like eighth by like page view um, mm. because there was a break of like a year almost, I want to say, where like they weren't just, they were just not updating. Um, mm -hmm. Is an eighth I, a lot of it? An eighth is probably a lot, it, huh? It, the fuck, what's the fucking <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot. The thing is huge. Yeah. It's huge. Um, I was lucky to like learn of it when it was in like the first like the I think it was second or third chapter like early early on. Even also the chapters are fucking huge too though. Uh, there's like eight of them I think technically. Um, anyways, yeah. Um, I don't think you can even 
reread Homestuck all the way right now. Wait, really? I think some of the pages have been broken, which is a fucking because shame. Because of Flash? Because of... Multiple things. So at one point, huh. um, like, basically the IP rights were sold to... I forget who technically owns Homestuck right now. Because they printed, they printed them, which is also, like... I still don't know Viz. how that. I think it was Viz. Viz, I feel like right? Viz got it. Essentially, yeah. whoever got it uh, didn't do a good job upkeeping some of the web pages, because mm. which is a damn shame. Because like that, that was kind of the beautiful thing about Homestuck was that at a for certain parts of it, it definitely could only exist uh, online. Which is I don't understand how they what they did with the printed books. Um, because there's like part there are pages in Homestuck that are just like little mini flash games, honestly. <laughs> Uh, I think some of that might have been ported to something else, HTML5, um, but at least at the beginning, um, yeah, there was a lot of, like, there's also, like, uh, fourth wall breaking shit where, like, you know, there, normally the page is, like, it's got all the, like, here's your web page and navigation bar and stuff, and then, like, there's a an image and some text under it, usually, and there will be plenty of times when, like, the comp, the, like, content itself would break out of like its normal bounds of just the image and the like text box to like, you know, infect other parts of the website. I think a lot of those sort of tricks have been kind of broken or, or not upkept well, as far as I've heard, but I think, but it's important to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, as far as like media I've read on the internet, it's definitely the one that, I mean, p- partially just because of the size and the fact that I have all this fucking useless knowledge in my brain, right? It's taken up such a long part of my life that I don't even... I couldn't even think of a different thing that was in the similar vein of as far as, like, internet fiction. That wasn't mm-hmm. specifically an ARG. Because I did play a couple ARGs back in the day when those were, like, still things that, like, movies... Stu- like, like big... Like, when there was the, the ARG for The Dark Knight when that came out. Or right. like the ARG for Tron. Uh, what's the name of that Tron movie? Uh, uh, not was it Legacy? Bio Digital Jazz, right? man. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Tron. How you doing? Yeah, you doing okay? Legacy. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. But yeah, I I really. I don't I don't know if I don't know where or how much of it is broken or whether or not. It still reads well because I literally haven't looked at it. It's hold on, eight thousand pages. God damn! So like, I'm I'm off by a thousand pages. I'm pretty sure. That's the other thing is like it's so long and the fucking um the acts and like quote unquote chapter structure is not regular. Like there's acts within acts where like a tangent is made and then you it splits off into like act two, act three. Or shit like that. Um, so it was kind of at a certain point impossible to go back. And it was like, well, at some point I'll just reread it. Uh, mm-hmm. Which <laughs> may or may not be coming soon, depending, actually. Uh, yeah, shout speaking out of, to, yeah. to the Range Touch Patreon if they hit a s- 1,025, 1025. Is that yeah, the, 1025. Yeah, 1025. Is that a Homestuck number? Is that what that is? Uh, Cotter, you'd know better than me. No, I think I don't think so. Four twelve is like, or four thirteen is the thing normally. This the Homestuck, the MS Paint Adventures wiki says ten twenty five is the third significant number to make an appearance in Homestuck. The third, adding four thirteen to six twelve. 
Oh, of course. Oh. Okay. And that's yeah, a symbolic of the interconnection between the kids and the trolls sessions, as well as the green sun, of course. Obviously. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, the, see the, that's the thing. That's the, over I like had four thirteen in there, but these other uh-huh. two numbers I've totally forgotten about at this point because this thing is so fucking huge. Um, yeah, yeah. A friend, our friends over at Range Touch are doing a drive to <laughs> to ten twenty five Patreon push, and if they hit ten twenty five, they're going to start doing a Patreon uh, or not a Patreon. I think I think a I guess a free uh, uh, listen through all of. Um, or not listen to, but but uh, you know, a, a walk through all of Homestuck podcast, in which one of the members, Michael Lutz, who wrote about Homestuck for us years ago now, um, will be explaining and exploring Homestuck with Cameron Kunzelman, who of course also also often wrote for us. Um, obviously, that is not the only uh, Homestuck podcast out there. I'm now considering listening to Let Me Tell You About Homestuck, which is. By some other friends, and, and I, I can't fall into the pole of Homestuck Just podcasts. But what if I did? What if you did? I said that both genuinely and unironically <laughs> between the uh-huh. years like 2009 and 2012. What if I got into Homestuck? You know, I never did. So <laughs> I, I, I probably will not. 2021 is the year of Homestuck. God, miserable. <laughs> Reject. Patrick, if you want to understand Homestuck, imagine how anime culture just like huffed its own farts and then came out and emerged as something entirely new, like a concentrated form of its evil. Oh my god, brutal. <laughs> yeah. Homestuck um, culture was something else. Homestuck culture was a lot. Homestuck con culture was a lot. Oh boy. Um, here just, is, here is, uh, let's go through, through one more, one more question here. Um, uh, I think this is going to be a pretty easy one for, for most of us. Alex writes in and says, Hey friends, has a video game ever moved you to tears? I don't think this has happened to me personally, but if it has for you, I want to play the game that did it. I had this thought after ugly crying to the manga, Sunny. I found crying to be cathartic lately. Let me know if you have any suggestions. Dog, what game hasn't made me cry? I'm a fucking cry baby. <laughs> I'll cry I am anything. too, but video games don't do it for me. Mm. There's, there's something about the medium where it's never... And like this is even after like, like after my dad passed, and then I had kids. Where it's just like, oh shit! Like Hallmark yeah, the commercials, open. fuck me up. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I, like I, me, I got close. Like when like Papa EO came out, like at the same time mm. my dad died, and it was just like my dad was not an alcoholic, and I had a good relationship with him. So like sure. I wasn't like completely vibing, but, still, but like yeah. it was still like a story about that right after. And it was like a, you know that whole game's bit is about like saying goodbye, and so. That got me close, but I, I, I don't even really give that credit because it was just like such a unique time and space. Um, but there's something about the, the medium of games where I've just never – I can get close. Like a couple times games have like teared me up, but I've, I've – like where it's like a movie, TV, books, like those can do it to me. But I don't know. Video games, I just have trouble – Con- connecting. I don't know if it's the controller or mm. what it is, but it's – For me, never, Patrick, never it's definitely like the presence Undertale. of a controller. I have played Undertale. God I thought it was it. sad, but it didn't, it yeah. didn't make me Shit. cry. Sorry, yeah. Gita, for, you were- For me, were, Patrick, yeah, it's definitely the presence of a controller that keeps me from crying. I emotionally yeah. connect to games very, very intensely. And like, I mean, obviously, by the way that I talk about them on this, yeah. uh, on this podcast, and I, but I'm always, you know, you always have like one foot in the door to see if you're going to get a prompt to do something with your hands. And that always keeps me from bridging that emotional gap. 
for uh, I think I've come close in some like very very long Japanese RPGs where I like know that I'm going to be saying goodbye to characters. Right, I think sure. that like meta narrative in my brain where it's like this is about to be over can sometimes like end of Persona Three. Yeah, for sure. Tears in my eyes because I spent like over a hundred hours with those characters, and now、mm-hmm. this narrative is over. But I don't think I've cried at a character death. I don't think I've cried、uh, a happiness or or sadness because of a video game. I'm trying to. I'm racking my brain, but I I know I've felt really intense emotions because of games, but I haven't actually had like the the like I. I've movies send me into com- fucking commercials send me into fits of sobbing at this point. Okay,、you know, wait. So I, so I just, <laughs> I just, I just only have to put it to be like, all right, Patrick. Before you say you, this has never happened to you. You should Google. Did you write an article where you maybe、uh, use that in a headline? I was like, double check、yeah. myself. And so、uh, I did. Uh, uh, yes. I didn't say Vicky cry, but. <laughs> I wrote that dragon cancer knocks me on my ass. I almost raised that,、room. but felt like I'd be an asshole if I did. I was like, <laughs>、no. really, Patrick? Not even that that dragon cancer? Why?、Well, so that dragon cancer, it's you know,、uh, spoiler from 2016. Or, uh, uh, you know, is a, is a game about、uh, a family that I believe loses their child to、uh, you know to cancer,、um, and the kid is very young.、Um, that's before I had a kid, but it was at the stage that my wife would have been pregnant.、Um, but again, that's also, I guess, like. Games are like intimately about like some like I almost don't count that either because like okay like my wife pregnant I'm expecting my first kid and I'm watching like I'm playing a video game an interactive piece of media about like oh in eight months like I'll say goodbye to this kid after welcoming him into the world like like I think the kind of like the premise of the question is more about like. Like yeah, like as Gita is saying, like when like a big character death happens, it is meant to be sad and emotional.、Yeah. Does that get you? And like that's that's the thing that hasn't happened to me. Like clearly here, a game made me cry, and I could probably find other instances that are like in that that、mm-hmm. world, that that kind of like world. But like just like standard, where like put this story in a movie or a TV show, and it would get me. It just like doesn't do it in 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 a game, and I'm I'm not entirely sure why. That yeah, that、I've、stuff doesn't kind of、like- get me. A game give me a、yeah. PTSD trigger or something, or like trigger、yeah. an emotion that is related to、right. like my my normal life for sure. But I haven't been so deep in the game world that I've been driven to tears. And I think I'm very. It's easier for me to have that suspension of disbelief when I'm not also being asked to interact with this object. Right? I cry in front of paintings. All the time, <laughs> I love to cry in museums, but I'm not asked to then to like hit a, a quick time command, you know, <laughs> to continue going to a museum. <laughs> they didn't ask me for that at the Met. No, when you go for their time, their timed entry, they they don't ask you to hit a quick time, a quick time command. <sighs> um, for me, it ends up being a lot of what, what Gita mentioned around like wrapping big games up. If it's something I've had a really good time with, that sort that sort of stuff, and also anything in that in that. Final, you know, tenth of the game in which someone does die or something that they have just such a leg up versus a mid-game surprise death or something, which very rarely moves me because I'm not already in that like compromised mode.、Mm-hmm. But what ends、mm-hmm. up getting me is also moments of like, like Outer Wilds, the last, the last thirty minutes or whatever, the, the kind of finale of Outer、uh-huh. Wilds. I cried all the way through. Because it was just so overwhelming emotionally. There、mm-hmm. were, were moments I've talked about this before, but like playing Breath of the Wild, where like, am I crying? Like, I'm having a good time. Why am I crying? <laughs>、yeah. What is happening to me?、Um, so like that stuff actually hits me a lot more. Or then I, I would say like, uh, uh, and it's、uh, this has been a bad year for it because I just haven't played a lot of 
things that moved me in that particular i guess like kentucky route zero's final act also kentucky route zero i cried through multiple times like there are multiple mm. there are multiple <laughs> points in kentucky route zero where um it, it isn't the big dramatic like oh no the character is falling <laughs> you know like that's not how <laughs> yeah. character death is handled in that game um it's so much more contemplative and like if you can get me into that mode into that contemplative mode where i'm thinking about what a character means and like what it, what they mean to other people if you're if i'm thinking about themes and the ways in which the, a group of people have worked towards something only to have it fall apart or or to succeed at it like that's the point at which you're going to get me um it it's it's rarely that sort of like cheap twist someone is suddenly lost from you uh and and much more that like you've you've eased me into a reflective space already and at that point fucking let me just sob it out honestly <laughs> let's go i don't mind yeah. um so so yeah kata how about you yeah no i i think it's definitely that sort of like it has to do the work to get there and the work is often more um character work than like your average game will do almost mm-hmm. uh or like yeah like that like examples include um examples that work include obviously undertale for me is a big one uh it's just like by the end of that game and like um like the, the kind of the the all of the work that it has like put into what all those characters are doing and mean and like uh, who they are um, like it, it does the work to get you there uh, in a way. And it's like not even, well, I mean, I'm not going to, I still don't want to spoil undertale. Go play undertale. If you haven't played undertale yet. Uh, um, but anyways, yeah, it's, it's mostly like, it's never about like X characters gone now. It's like the game will have to have done the narrative, like, like kind of, uh, yeah, the narrative work to um, really set up the, um, not just like who that character is, but also what they mean specifically to the other characters around them, right? Like it's kind of almost it's both. It's got to be both things of like empathizing with the people who have lost someone, and also like like uh, mourning the character's loss its, itself. But like that's mm-hmm. so. It's very rare in games that they've like uh gone that far. I feel like just because of the nature of. Um, most like mainstream stuff, but um, yeah, I can think of, like like um, Yakuza Zero is one where like the character work is good enough that it gets me by the end. Um, stuff like that where like that is quote unquote mainstream, but it's doing the same type of thing that like Undertale does, which is right. just like investing you, letting you spend time with characters in a way that is not just about forward progress. And yeah. I think that that makes a lot of difference, you know. I feel like we've all interacted with enough fiction that <clears throat> character beats for uh, are, are not enough to get us to sort of feel outside of our own heads and feel outside of our own bodies in the way that is necessary to to get you to reach those sort of like instinctual natural emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it the I was thinking so much about you crying at the end of Outer Wilds and thinking about how that's um getting you outside of your own body by making you think about the universe and like the nature of the totally. universe. And that is like an experience of awe. I, I experience yeah. awe, I think very easily when it comes to movies and uh, pieces of art paintings in, in particular. Um, but video games, I feel like I need to be, 
I need to feel so instinctually connected to a video game that it's like such a high, huge and high compliment for, for me to say a game made me experience that. Um, but I'm just always so conscious of the controller and the controls. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Um, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we're going to wrap up. Thank you to everyone who's sending questions. We still have a bunch more to go through over the, the course of the kind of slow period here. Um, also, thank you people who are sending in unique episode ideas. I'm going to collect those up and share them with everybody, and maybe we'll do a couple of those. Ooh. So look forward to those, um, uh, hopefully also. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. You can find the show at Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Where can people find you, Gita? You can find me at XOXOGossipGita. Cotto. At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. And Patrick. At Patrick Cotto. We'll be back later this week. Uh, as always, thank you to Bo and Flooding us. Use the track Miss You up the EP panel machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. As always, fuck capitalism. Go home. Stay safe this week, y'all. We'll talk to you in a few days. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.